Hi, I'm Amy Elisa Watson, and as part of our Eco Living show, today we're going to speak to Stephanie Cox, who's a freelance editor, and I've been in discussions with her about things to do with my book, and um, also she has a very similar sort of ethos in terms of slow fashion, and does her own knitting and crocheting, and she's done a lot of that. So today um, we're going to have a chat about things, all things slow and fashion. Well, a little bit of fashion, but more about, you know, just like the cool parts of it, really. Yes, uh, Stephanie also did a um, guest piece in our most recent newsletter, um, which came out for winter. If you are interested in also doing a guest piece for our newsletter, uh, you can contact us via the website www.slowcircularearth.co.uk. Stephanie, you have uh, you wrote a piece for the Slow Circular Earth newsletter recently that was about slow fashion and your sort of take on things. So, so what is your stand on slow fashion? I know you do a lot of um, knitting and crochet and things, don't you? Uh, yes, <clears throat> uh, I've been knitting and crocheting since I was a university student, sort of first year of university, um, and. I was big into it and and when I started the first things I started to make were like garments and my own clothing and and jumpers and things like that and it started out as um wanting to do that simply because it was a hobby um it helped my mental health quite a lot um and it was a, a way of um creating a social group for myself because the person who first taught me was um one of my roommates one of my classmates and um so it started out like maybe for different reasons. So like I say, for my mental health and, and a good hob- hobby, but it soon um, over the years. So uh, I'm 30 now, so it, m- it must be around, I don't know, 10 years or so that I've been doing it. Over time, it, it became more about being able to a, um, tailor the clothing I make to my body shape. I'm quite a tall person at five feet nine and um, my weight fluctuates quite a bit but um and it also came about became about me caring more about the possessions I have and wanting to live uh, less of a hoarding and more of a minimal um kind of lifestyle and uh, and also therefore keeping garments and jumpers and cardigans and all sorts of different things for a much longer period of time because of the time and effort that I put into it so it is very much about slow fashion for me now um, and as I mentioned in the newsletter slow fashion for me it does refer to the amount of time it takes to make a product which means that there's more love and care in it for me um, but it also that means that it's going to last a long time in my wardrobe. So mm-hmm. it's um, it kind of ticks the boxes in a number of ways, and it makes me feel feel fulfilled. And it's a continuing hobby that I can I never have to stop. Essentially, yeah. yeah. Well, that sounds yeah. like the perfect reason. That's exactly surely the only reason actually for anyone to partake so. in in such a thing. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, slowing things down in terms of fashion um, is is great, but obviously it's like you said ticking so many boxes like your mental health and 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 giving you giving you a hobby that's sort of getting you out and being more sociable and yeah yeah something that you can put on and you go ah look at this yeah <laughs> yeah I made this yeah there there is an aspect of um like pride pr- like pride in what you've made um and yeah. also 
Um, you know, because still in the relative in the relative sense of a society, there's fewer people making garments than um, and not making them. And so, and also, if a if a designer puts out a pattern, one that's especially unique or beautiful, um, you, you're still more likely to make that garment out of your own um, sort of in your own style. So with different yeah. um, yeah. colors sometimes different shapes because you can modify your pattern and you can use just the basics and modify it to your own body so you can walk around and think literally nobody else is wearing this yeah. you know um even if you you know you bought a nice piece in a shop that you spent a little bit of money on and you know it's going to last you a long while it's still a mainstream high street sort of purchase and so you might come across the people there's no problem with coming across other people who wear it but I, it also you can make you can make good fashion statements yeah, yeah, with yeah. handmade slow fashion. Um, yeah. A lot of people have this complete misconception that knitting and crocheting is about like old women and doing like making things that aren't trendy. But actually, the community that I'm part of is is full of women of, and men of all ages, and um, the designs that they put out are very often based on the latest season's trends in high street fashion. So it, you're not you're not making stuff that's out of date or that that isn't going to last. You're making classic pieces that you would find in a shop, but you're tailoring it as to how how you want it to be. So you can be a young, trendy person, fashion wise, and and still make your own clothing. I think that's the key thing, isn't it? Because it, it it seems like you need to have like the uh, the latest fashions or something that does fit in with the the trends of the time mm-hmm. when actually yeah. you you can make something yourself that it d- does exactly that and that can be more yeah. timeless and so much more personal and that's yeah, perfect absolutely. you know I think like you yeah. just said it's 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 sort of it it ticks all those boxes it makes you feel good and you can still be on trend if that even really matters you know yeah it matters to some people more than others um like for me um the things that I'm more drawn to are um like I said sort of the really unique things or things with a lot of color or a lot of patterns but there's a lot of people out there that, that are making things um that are like all one block um color or a really classic shape that you would find anywhere but for them, sometimes the advantage is that, but also that they then get to control what that garment is made out of. So if somebody is, yeah. if somebody's yeah. vegan, or if somebody just wants to, you know, to live um, a more like eco-friendly lifestyle, they might decide to use only plant-based yarns. They might decide to use um, wool, but wool that isn't um, super wash treated or treated with any kind of plastic treatment um so you can create a you can look at a garment in a shop and go right well i want that classic look i want something that's on trend i don't want anything too fussy or garish or anything i want to recreate that but i want to make it in this um material that i know is going to be friendly to the environment and i get control over that yeah um and a lot of people are are doing that and and there are a lot of people who sell wool or plant-based fibers that you you know that that seller sells that um and you can go to the seller and and source your own material in that way so again for for some for some people it's not necessarily just about the look or the trend although it can be 
Um, but it can be about, like I said, how they impact the environment. For instance, if, if you want to make a jumper out of acrylic, which is essentially plastic yarn, mm -hmm. because you have a low budget, but you still want to enjoy your hobby, then that um, that's a really good option for them. Some people might decide to use 100% wool, and that way they know that when they're washing their garments, um, there's there's no microplastics going into the water when they clean it, and, that, and that's a big deal for them. And with also um, garments that are made of things like wool and plant-based fibres, um, you don't wash them like every few days or a week like you might a, a shop-bought sort of polyester yeah. garment. Yeah. You can wear... You can wear a wool jumper, for instance, um, or a cotton jumper for weeks and weeks over and over again and not need to wash it um, and, you know, for a long time in between. So it's more eco-friendly in that way as well. And there's a, a brilliant community that teaches you this kind of stuff. This is what I'm going to say. I want to get into it. <laughs> yeah. I've always wanted to know. Yeah, my grandma tried to teach me to crochet and the or or even knit, and the most I could manage to do was one of those little French knitting things. Yeah, I could manage yeah. to do that. So I've I've done that myself. Now I have the the, the big rings, and I've knitted scarves yeah. and stuff like that. And and in fact, mm. I've got my. In fact, I can I can't really get my leg up that high actually, but I've got. <laughs> He's knitted. Oh knitted, yeah, like, thingy woman. Yeah, I've got my, <laughs> my sleeky snip slippers on as well. But you know, and it's those kind of things that I—that's about as much as I can manage on a loom. Mm. <laughs> but you know, but that a lot of people do is great. Yeah, Such yeah. A, skill. a lot of people do use things like looms or knitting machines. You can get. I mean, the... oh, I used to have a knitting machine. Yeah, when I when yeah. I was lecturing, we used to use the knitting machines up all the time but it just got so unfashionable to to do any yeah. knitting so we just stopped doing it um yeah. but yeah that traditional skill of of being able to to knit and crochet is is absolutely wonderful as i say my my grandma did it she used to make us um she used to crochet uh, rugs in fact we've still got two of the rugs that she crocheted for oh, us ages ago and my mum knitted and she knitted all the cardigans for the kids you know the little yeah. babies with the little booties yeah. and oh it's awesome stuff and then yeah. passed They're around all all of them yeah with all of our kids well like it's four sisters and yeah. we've all had two three kids or one or whatever we've had and every single child has been passed down these little sets of you know these two pieces exactly yeah and there's a lot of they last yeah they, they do last and there's 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 one aspect of it which is um if you know something's handmade not all the time but quite often a person would will appreciate it more because it's handmade especially if if it's passed down to generations like you say um so there's, there's quite often kind of an, an emotional investment behind it which means that people are more likely to take better care I, i'm far more likely to take better care of something i've made or somebody something somebody's made for me than something that i've just bought from the shop not well you know i have been guilty of of seeing clothing in the past as um as disposable but um i, I don't now obviously but especially with handmade things they're far less disposable and, the, and like i said in the newsletter if you make something and you're not happy with the outcome somebody else somebody else will be and will be thankful for it um so yeah there is a kind of an emotional kind of or you know like a like a bonding kind of ritual behind it especially if you're making for other people um so there's a lot of benefits to it in 
that's why when you're in the community, just a really um, strong and active community behind it, you come across with people with all sorts of different reasons for doing it. For, for instance, like I said, my, my sister had a mental breakdown and she recovered through crocheting mm. a blanket um, and like hasn't stopped since. So there's plenty of reasons behind it, but then the the advantages of it, they'll, they'll happen regardless of what your reasons are. So even if I, I wasn't that interested in, in things like slow fashion, it's a positive consequence of it regardless yeah, yeah. nearly yeah. every single consequence or nearly everything that happens because of you doing it is positive like there is very little yes. negative to doing yeah, yeah. things and in such a there's way. lots of things that you don't consider so obviously mental health slow living eco living but things like um it gives you a lot of comf of confidence so for instance say if somebody has been out of a work for a while and is struggling to get a job if they're doing knitting or crocheting they're not only learning an active skill which affects um, your hand-eye coordination, your critical thinking skills, your concentration skills. Um, when you sit down for a few hours in an evening and at the end of it you have a hat, for instance, you you have a physical manifestation of, of your time um, and that level of achievement can actually make a big difference to, to some people who, who might be struggling elsewhere, like, I don't know, struggling to become employed or... Uh, feeling insecure about motherhood or any of these other things um having a hobby that allows you to create something and give you evidence at the end of it that you're that you're physically capable of doing something is a is a big thing um so yeah like like you say there's, there's consequences that are positive that you might not even think about before you get into it um, like me with the slow fashion, I suppose it wasn't my main reason for getting into it, but it's definitely the main reason that I continue with it. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's that is the that, that's the trigger, isn't it? It's something that sort of then releases your yeah, like your capabilities, your ability to to sit and focus on something that isn't necessarily anything vast or anything that's going to take too much effort exactly. it's it's yeah. it's like a release sort of mechanism mm -hmm. really isn't it well it I is. certainly think that as, as part of like the reason why I do slow fashion is I, I did a fashion design I don't know I don't know whether we've had this conversation actually but I did a, a fashion design degree and it was always something that I just did like at school I was really good at textiles and my mum and my grandma everybody around me was sewing or knitting or something so yeah. I basically just enjoyed textiles. It was the one thing I was really good at, um, apart from other stuff that like English and things. But at the time, I didn't really, I wasn't able to sort of cling on to that. I just thought, oh, well, what am I really good at? I can sew. Okay, great. I'll do yeah. that. So I went on to do that. Then I did that at the degree level because it just seemed like the the, the only mm -hmm. thing, <laughs> the natural thing to do. Then I got into designing and I, I didn't particularly like being in industry. I didn't like... Um, yeah. the fastness of everything and the the fastness of everything but I was good at yeah. what I did so continued yeah. until I got to a point where I was just like no it's not necessarily there wasn't really any money in it and I went into lecturing and um, I really enjoyed teaching other people how to how to yeah. make things mm -hmm. so but for so many years I sort of avoided making stuff because I really liked it but then I got into yeah. the industry and realized it's not like that it's not sitting around making nice things for you yeah <laughs> 
it's not that at all. It's absolutely awful in comparison. Um, yeah. In, in the real fashion world, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it just got to the point where I was like, right, okay. So I enjoyed teaching other people how to do, how to have those skills and and mm-hmm. and make things. Not necessarily trying to churn out fashion designers because I don't think we need any of those. No. <laughs> well, really. that's a good that's a good thing about um, handmade textiles is that um, when a designer is putting out a design, the production comes after that design has been like bought or accessed by the buyer. So it's not like it's not like with every design you're um, you're creating the garments and then seeing if there's demand for it, and you're not creating warehouses full of stock that might or might not sell. Um, when a designer puts out a knitted or crocheted garment, it's it's down to the buyer to to make it themselves. So there isn't that surplus stock in a way, um, and there's less risk. Like the, it's, if when it's down to the customer to make it themselves they make that like I said in the newsletter a slower decision it's a slower decision you've got to sit and consider it for far longer than you would consider buying something when you're there and then in the shop so there isn't a mass production that then becomes disposable in that way um so you know I could go into a shop one day and think oh I like that jumper with like a purple flower on it but what if I go home and go oh well I kind of liked it in that lighting in that moment but now I'm not into it um when I'm if I was to knit that myself if I got part of the way through it and said I'm not into this design anymore I can just rip the wool out and reuse it for something Start else again yeah 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 um and so the materials are reusable in that sense whereas you know, you buy that garment, you you might be savvy enough. Somebody like you would probably know how to buy a garment, chop it up and create it into something else. But a lot of people would just probably dispose of dispose of it in some way and think, okay, well, that was a, yeah. a snap decision and I've moved on from it. So mm. in a, on a personal level, it's a lot more economical, but on a much wider level, it's a more economical um industry as well i think yeah yeah, yeah. that's sort of the, the is tailoring it exactly to you and your needs at that time mm-hmm. isn't it so yeah, yeah like you said you can also then come back to something and change it you know um, yeah. or have it changed by somebody else if you haven't got the skills yeah. you know um but exactly. it, i think that's the problem though is that people aren't necessarily either they don't feel like they're skilled enough to do it or they just can't be bothered they don't want Mm -hmm. to do that so i think there's the there's this big barrier with with um people and them not wanting to step forward and do it or or not really having any um what's the word like not taking the repercussions of it or not wanting to take the responsibility of exactly of something and but i think that's anyway that's going on to a whole another thing really because <laughs> that's just like i think that's unfortunately what society is at the moment it's a bit too consumerist mm. and we are focused on nothing other than just yeah we need to yeah. be a bit more circular and i think like what you're saying um and how how you've sort of used um used it but how you've um yeah how you've used it really how you've taken yeah. knitting and crocheting and as one thing and then it's turned into something else that then has triggered other things you know like you're more aware of sustainability and 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 that the the 
the impact of what happens um, mm-hmm. when you either buy something or you make it for yourself, yeah. you know. Yeah. Which is important. It's much more of a thought process. Mm. Yeah. <clears throat> it definitely is. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, it's more of a thought process and you often do think more about the life cycle of what it is you're creating in a way that you wouldn't necessarily think um, with another shop-bought garment. Mm. Um, and it, you can't help then but think about the consequences of waste or anything like that. Excuse me. <coughs> Clearing my throat. Which in so, yeah, itself um, does give you other things that cause more angst. And for me, anyway, it certainly is the one thing that then just I, ca- I can't look at anything and think, oh, that's a good idea to buy that. <laughs> They're like, literally, yeah, it de- it's quite Got debilitating thinking. sometimes. I'm like, yeah, just want to buy something. <laughs> and no, I, yeah, I, overthinking I, is a problem. Exactly. Yeah. Well, as a as a fashion designer and a, well, a seamstress, as somebody that can make clothes, and everyone always says to me, "Oh, you know, well, don't you make your own clothes?" No, I don't have time. I don't have the the sort of um, the I don't even want to most of the time um, because I do it as a job because I've done it as a job for other people. But so when it came to actually buying um, something because I didn't have the time to make something when I went to the shop I would be stood watch looking at everything watching stuff and going well I could make that I could make that yeah make that yeah so I wouldn't buy anything and I'd just walk out going well that's just ridiculous because yes Mm. I could make it but I'd have to source the fabric in exactly the same weave I'd have to make sure I get the exact same accessories to make exactly that so I just never bothered so my go-to because I know I do I do I don't really like shopping. It's a, it's a big faux pas, really, with me. Um, how I ever got into fashion, I'm not quite sure, but I don't like shopping. <laughs> but I love going to a charity shop or I love doing car boots and just scouring through and finding something that's like this This blouse I've got on was from the charity shop. Just Brilliant, yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, and it's going to be a piece that's going to last me for ages. It's really well made. Exactly. It's like four quid or something. And yeah. I'd much rather know that I'm I'm buying stuff that's reused, exactly. and I'll alter it, I'll fix it if it needs doing. But it's uh, then I feel really good in the stuff I wear, rather than knowing that I, I don't need to think that I've made it because I know the effort it takes to make stuff. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Yeah. Th- it, there is a, a balance there because, um, like you say, it 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 is good to make sure you don't feel guilty if you want if you want to buy a shop-bought thing, because we don't all have, like, endless amounts of times. It's making sure that if you buy, if you do buy that thing, you then treat it in um, in an economical way like you would anything else. But the charity shop thing is a good, is a good, um, a good suggestion as well for, for people who knit and crochet like me, because um, quite often you'll, you'll um, find garments in there that are made of, of, um, like wool or yarn or cotton or, or something that you can easily unravel or, or like if somebody's made a blanket and you're not quite sure about the blanket but you you think oh, I could reuse those materials um so yeah you can either buy a second-hand knitted or crochet item in the charity shop or you can reuse those materials like it's there to take and I know plenty of people who do do that they'll buy a jumper in the shop they'll say, I really want to use that Well, I've got a good idea in mind, and rip it out, and that will might cost, I don't know, 30 quid elsewhere, yeah. but it yeah. costs them, like, £4.50 or something from the charity shop, unravel it, 
circuit start again um and there's absolutely no reason why you can't do that but like you say if if you do like something handmade in a shop even if you haven't made it yourself you you appreciate the fact that somebody else has Mm. um and and like you say give it a new home and a new lease of life and again you can deal with this in a fashionable way there's no there's no reason you have to do any of this and not feel fashionable and on trend at the same time there are so many resources out there available like we're we're in the age of information there's no reason you can't you can't do it and if if somebody says oh i want to but i can't be bothered i I guess that's the thing isn't it um if you can't be bothered you don't want it that much and if you just don't physically have the time to do it there are other um people who can hand make these things for you if you want them to yeah i think that's the thing isn't it it's about people being aware and and it, yeah they might not be quite ready to take that step and to to get right into it but they might feel like a little bit like oh maybe I should try that but yeah it's mm. about having time I know there's a lot of people that I know oh I've knitted for um one of the uh, the infinity scales for a, a friend recently and she was like oh I just I, I love what you've done and that it, it's so nice and it's handmade and it's it, it it's great but you know um it, it's that time and thought that's gone into it. I mean, it, it it wasn't too long that it took me to make it. And I did buy the wool, which I don't usually do. I don't usually buy um, the new wool. I like to go into a charity shop and find yeah. people's old balls of wool yeah, <laughs> and yeah, use yeah. them, you know. I'd much yeah. rather repurpose something that was would otherwise just get sort of chucked away. But, yeah. Exactly. yeah. yeah. Um, I, I, and, and there are lots of... Um, knitters and crocheters who create things and then sell them on places like Etsy. Yeah. Um, a lot of people worry about the the cost of it because obviously when something's handmade, a lot more time goes into it, so the cost might be higher. But you can go online and find things. Um, or, you know, if you know a knitter or crocheter in your life and you particularly want a thing, you can ask them and, you know, make sure you pay them fairly. But there are there are ways to get these things into your life if you if you just haven't got the time to do it yourself or maybe you don't have the inclination maybe you're not a crafty creative person in that sense but you'd like to incorporate that kind of thing in yourself there are people that make these things and then sell them like I say on places like Etsy or like Facebook groups or things like that you can access it yeah yeah you can access I think that's true though with it with the inclination sometimes it is a case of or oh, can I be bothered <laughs> I don't really want yeah. it I'm not really I don't really care yeah. that much but whereas for people <laughs> like us you know we're well I'm wholly I totally wholly in whatever I can do to try and reuse stuff yeah. but I certainly always feel my best if I'm wearing mm-hmm. the things that I've got from charity shops and don't get me yeah. wrong I will buy stuff if I need to like if I have to buy the kids some new things for school I, I'm going to do it I'm not going to not do it but that it's so many it's so few pieces that I will just buy like that because yeah. otherwise I don't want my kids being bullied at school because they've not yeah. got the right clothes on or whatever. Yeah. But, you know, what we do is we make the most of the things that we are given to us. You know, we get loads of stuff handed down from my sister's kids. and But my son, he's, he's got a real funny thing about not wearing school trousers. <laughs> he doesn't like wearing <laughs> trousers to school. He wants them to be short. So as soon as I get a pair of trousers from my from these cousins, I take them up 
Uh, but a lot, of people, <laughs> nice. a lot of people can't just do things as easy yeah. as that. You know, I've got the equipment, I've got the big industrial machines and I know how to do it. And it would cost yeah. somebody money to have that done, yeah. you know. So I, I understand that. But yeah, it's I suppose it's like the inclination of people and, and just getting the message out that I feel like I'm like really trying mm. to... And- and it's important it. to remind people that it's it doesn't like obviously there's an ideal end goal with with any kind of um, economical um, kind of efforts, but it's important to remind people that that any of these things at the moment does don't have to be an all or nothing situation. Um, so like you know it's, it's like if somebody if, if somebody um like becomes vegetarian and people say well ideally you should be vegan it's like well if they're making a lifestyle change that will have an impact and if if you if you think oh god yeah but i don't want an entirely handmade wardrobe or an entirely like reused wardrobe or anything like that um it there is no obligation for it to be an all or nothing situation you can start small and do smaller things or just incorporate part of it into your life and and see where it takes you um it's like steps isn't it but like baby steps anyway because otherwise there's no way that you could change your whole wardrobe you'd have to chuck things out and that would be just as wasteful if you just start again you know yeah yeah, I I do exactly the same well I'm happy to say when when it's my birthday or Christmas if somebody says oh what would you what would you like but oh well do you know what I'd really like? A nice new cardigan or something yeah, like that. Exactly. And then yeah. I enjoy wearing those because they've been gifts from people that I care about that have thought about me. They know exactly like what I like and I'll, I'll happily wear it. You know, exactly. sometimes I've, yeah. I've worn stuff that I thought, oh, I don't know if that's me, but I put it on and I go, "That's that was bought with care and thought and exactly and love and i'm gonna wear that and i'll mix it with the charity shop stuff i'll mix it with something precisely you know that makes it me you know so now i think that you can do that you can add on to stuff there's no point in yeah but i certainly think that what would be quite a cool thing to do is to start the clothes swapping thing again you know as well i know yeah I never really got into that because I was friends with a lot of people that were slightly different sizes to me and um, mm-hmm. and it was never going to be really a, a, a possibility to fit in any of their clothes. As no. good a seamstress and alteration lady I am, it wasn't going to happen. So, but I think that's something that we should, we could maybe even start one across the, across the bridge, you know. Yeah. Close that yeah. divide. Close swaps are a lot of fun. <laughs> Yeah. yeah i am um, i've got two i've got um two triplet sisters as me and two of my sisters are triplet and like we our weight fluctuates i'm a little bit smaller than them at the minute but it kind of fluctuates but being the same body type being the same height and all the rest of it um and we we have some similar tastes um <laughs> i've kind of had to do clothes swapping from quite a young age um but it is fun. It's fun. It's it's like it's like literally like shopping, but without yeah. Paying spending the money, going out. <laughs> I yeah, hate exactly. Those bits. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll arrange so, yeah. one. We'll do. We'll we'll sort. Well, yeah. not yet, obviously, but <laughs> when we can. Yeah. 
it do a clothes with, swap. Yeah. So whereabouts do you yeah. do you go anywhere to do you do the social knitting and crocheting now? Because I know that you've mm. um you've got a few posts on your Facebook where you've made things for people and com- been commissioned and things. So what are you yeah. doing? Are you just making things for people or are you out there? Well you're not out there, but are you part of a group yeah. still that sort of Yeah. Yeah. Um so pre pre-virus and post-virus obviously there's like a, a massive global uh, knitting and crocheting community so um uh so i i attend things like um knitting and crochet and wool festivals um so there'll be like a pop-up show somewhere they're, they're quite they're quite popular in leeds and places like that um and they basically um it's like a massive marketplace for for um knitting and crocheting uh, designers patterns wool um all these so and they're they they can be like massive events so I, I go to them a number of times a year when they they're um obviously open and up and about there have been a lot of virtual ones as well that you can still attend there's a huge instagram community so you you make close friends on there really close friends um there's a lot of knitting and crochet pod what we they call podcasts but they're like video video um podcasts on youtube where you get to know people on a personal level so i've got one with my triplet sisters um called knit three together and it's basically just talking about how how um knitting and crocheting helps our mental health and we've made a lot of a lot of friends in the community through that some people who live real right near us some people who live at the other side of the world and then so like so i'm quite active in the community uh, and the, the the biggest website that everyone knows of or you will know of if you get into it is called ravelry.com and that's where um, it's, it's like a facebook for knitting and crocheters but there's forums on there as well and so you can friend people and talk to people um but in in terms of like like people commissioning and buying it it, it just basically started where i would create something and then I, w- I would share it on my personal facebook page not necessarily the page i've got for my youtube channel but um, I would share it on Facebook and then a lot of people who don't have any form of knitting or crochet in their lives but really liked what they saw in terms of like Christmas decorations I'd make or the um, the cotton face scrubs and things like that, oh, yeah. they would say, oh, uh, you know, how much are you selling that for? Can I buy some? It, this is what I mean by like it can be accessible to people if if they don't have any intentions to make it themselves but they can find other people who do it. Um, and that then opens them up to another world they'll see what I'm doing they might look elsewhere to see what other people are doing they might find some people on Etsy and and Instagram and places like that it's a a really huge community as well Um, and I'm very friendly a lot of it has social movements behind it but it's up to it's up to the person whether they just want to um keep it about the crafting or whether they want to talk about things like economical living behind it um but but generally it's people sharing their love of of the craft and like making sort of really strong friendships from it um they'd love it if, if anybody listening and then wanted to get into it they would genuinely love it i i think yeah so oh, it sounds really great real- <laughs> just <Yeah. laughs> I like thinking, I'm just thinking, oh, have I got time for any of that at the moment? 
it, it is Good a bit down. of a rabbit could hole. I, I must could admit. I squeeze it in? And that's the thing. Yeah, like you say, once you've gone in there, you're like, oh god. Well, at the yeah. moment, I'm now deep in pallets, and and I'm not um, sure how I'm going to get out of that. So <laughs> <laughs> that's the rabbit hole I've just gone down and made, yeah. found all sorts of wonderful people to sort of talk to or, yeah. or find out what they're doing and watching. Oh but yeah, yes, I maybe- think. It, it- <laughs> every industry has their own version of it like I started gardening last year just in lockdown which is you know another side of how you can live economically and yeah it's exactly the same there's a strong community a global community that all help each other um I I think for wherever you get into really there is that community there now thanks for the the advantages of the internet um but also then the you can take you can take it off the internet and into real life um in a virusless world yeah um, yeah <laughs> yeah so, it's really good yeah it sounds like a it's definitely um great community-based thing mm-hmm. that's gonna have just just make just be good for you <laughs> you know it's... yeah it is it really is it's good to have them when you're in lockdown as well the people are still there they're still making things you're still going to these places um you know, the, the, they're still there, just like the rest of us. It's just um, different circumstances at the minute. Yeah, yeah. Ah, some of it will come. Ah. Some of it will go back to normal. So. Yeah, yeah. One day. Yeah. One day. And it's given me all sorts of ideas of things that we could do. We could do some nice online uh, tutorials with yourself. <laughs> yeah. At some point. Yeah, if you're yeah. up for it. Can <laughs> I get you roped up? Yeah. Why not? Stuff. oh yeah oh that's uh, well what a wonderful conversation we've had today about slow fashion knitting crocheting everything economically living and yeah it's all been fantastic so yeah uh, that's it for um today's eco living show 